What's up, everybody? Welcome, episode 569 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is March 1st, 2024. Baseball officially begins this month. I know we're in spring training already. Last month there was spring training. We already have had baseball, but the actual season gets going later this month. Cannot wait. Super excited for this season. I know that there was more like hype for the Padres specifically, but just baseball overall, having that back and actually like regular season games and just the optimism, the beginning of a season, the Padres, I think they can still be a contender. I can't wait. So on the show today, as we wait for time to tick by until we get to that point, March 20th, 3 a.m., when we're going to be up watching this Padres team face off against the Dodgers in Korea. Um, just wanted to hit on some of the things that have happened here the last few days, last couple days, especially today, in Peoria and in just Arizona in general with Padre Spring Training. They had split squad doubleheader today. Well, doubleheader. They were playing at the same time. Split squad. Squad A was in Peoria playing the Angels, and then the B squad was playing against the Milwaukee Brewers Lost both games, but who cares about the score at spring training? And the Brewers, I think this is something good to note. They had a lot of their starters in. Willie Adamas, Reese Hoskins, Christian Yelich, William Contreras. They had some of their starters in. And you go look at the pitching from that game, and it looks like it was pretty good. I did not see A.J. Preller in the stands for the Padres Angels game. So I'm assuming that he was at this Padres Brewers game, which was not televised, which it, it just sucks, right? If you're a baseball fan and I was watching foul territory, one of the clips from their show yesterday, and they were, there, there was a, a grid that they showed on how many games each team is broadcasting in spring training. And you had some teams like the Yankees, they were broadcasting almost all of them. The Angels had like 31, so they're broadcasting pretty much, if not all of their games, almost all of their games. And then you had the Padres at like 14 games being broadcasted. And I don't think that's Padres TV. I think that's just overall, like what games are available to Padres fans. So there's that. There's like Cincinnati Reds had like 10. And if you're trying to you know, market the sport and you want your fan base to be excited. Us fans, we want to watch our teams play in spring training. I know the games don't count towards the regular season standings, but we want to see us play our, our, our favorite players. We want to see these prospects play every day, not just the one prospect game that MLB will say, yeah, well, you, you can watch them there. But no, we want to see just as a baseball fan. Paul Skeens was facing Jackson Holiday the other day. We want to see that. Not just someone on a uh, with their cell phone in the stands recording it, but we want to be able to watch that thing live. We want to be able to watch Jackson Merrill facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers and not have to just read MLB at bat. Oh, he singled in his at in this at bat. Well, I don't know where it went. I don't know how hard it was. I don't know what the pitch was. Maybe that info was on MLB Game Day when I was looking at it, but 
Like we want to watch these games. Um, so anyway, that kind of went off on a, a little bit of a different path there, but um, Padres angels, that was the a squad. I'll get to the Padres brewers game. I was watching the Padres angels game because that was the one that was available. Uh, Tatis went over to Bogarts though. He did have a double down the line. So that was good to see. Crony made a good play at first on a throw from Eggy Rosario at third. Campy went 0 for 3. Brett Sullivan, um, he pinch hit for Campy 0 for 1. Hassan Kim made some some things happen there on the base pass. He walked and then stole a couple of bags and then scored on an error. Profar, he got a hit today. Eggy Rosario got a hit today. Azokar got a hit today. Made a good play in center field. And then Tim LaCastro was kind of the guy that stood out offensively. He went two for three, scored a run, uh, drove in a run as well, showed some pop. Although and It's Arizona, so you kind of have to take that into consideration. But he looked pretty good today, and obviously he's known for his speed. And when you're fighting for a roster spot, you got to be hustling, and that's exactly what was happening today. He beat, he beat out a couple of balls, if I remember correctly. I know he beat out one grounder, and then... It was he was on second, and then it was a grounder through at the first, and he rounded third and scored. Kind of caught, I think it was Hunter Dozier at first with the Angels, caught him a little bit off guard there, and took advantage of that. Um, and then pitching wise, and obviously the main theme of this episode will be about should we expect the Padres to add more pitching? And so I will get to that, but I just quickly wanted to get over uh, the games, go over what happened today in the games. Randy Vasquez, I thought he looked really good today. Sure, he gave up the home run and kind of lost um, a little bit of control. He was a little wild at the beginning, but settled down. He goes three innings, two hits, one earned run, two walks on four. Four punch outs, less than 60 pitches there. Wandy Peralta made his Padres debut, went an inning, one earned run, walked a guy. Uh, got out of that inning, though, with a double play ball. There was an error by Eggy, bad throw to Xander. And then Xander as well at second base. I think he was anticipating anticipating the runner sliding in closer to him instead of not sliding into second base. He slid in kind of shy of second base, and Xander was expecting that guy. So maybe he didn't reach as far as he could have, Or, but he's learning the position. I'm not going to go overreact about that. Cosgrove did give up. I think he gave up a home run to Miguel Sano, an inning of work there. Um, and that Sean Reynolds, he went an inning, finished out that no runs, but it doesn't seem like he's going to make the roster when you're pitching in the ninth inning of a spring training game on March 1st. I don't think you're going to make the roster. So that was Angels Padres. And what I was really encouraged by was actually the other game. Now, I didn't watch this game. I watched some clips that some fans posted and I'm just looking at the box score, but this does look encouraging. From the pitching side here, Yarr Iriarte, is he fighting for a rotation spot? At the beginning of spring, I did not think he was fighting for a rotation spot, but he's pitching well this spring. And the videos that I'm seeing, he has a good fastball. He's got some movement. He went two innings today, gave up one hit, no earned runs, walked one, struck out one, has a zero ERA so far this spring. I think that's in... A couple of outings, two or three. Let me see here with Iriarte. Yeah, two two games. 
three innings in total. So, yeah, I mean, it's we shouldn't overreact. But what I will say is he does look good from what I've seen. And then Drew Thorpe talking about looking good. Four punch-outs today in two innings of work. Gave up one hit, but no walks, no earned runs, four punch-outs. That changeup looks nasty. I was looking at some video on social media, and from someone that was at the game, I'm I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was. But yeah, that changeup was looking a dom- that, that that changeup was looking dominant. He was lo- he was making Willie Adamas look pretty. Um, what what's the right word? Pretty bad at hitting a baseball. That changeup it, it was pretty nasty. And then Ryan Berger, two innings, no earned runs. Adam Mazur gave up a couple runs in his inning. Alec Jacob won an inning. He gave up an earned run. But really what I was encouraged by was Iriarte and Thorpe for sure. And Thorpe, I don't think he's making the big league roster, but I would not be surprised to see him pitch in the big leagues this year for the Padres. And then Iriarte, I don't think he's going to make the roster, but same thing with him. I would not be surprised to see him pitch at the big league level for the Padres this year. So, I mean... What what if though Iriarte has he keeps having a really good spring training and there's an injury that happens, the Padres don't add any more pitching. Could he make it as the fifth starter? Or could he make it maybe there's an injury in the bullpen and they go with Iriarte? Would they do that over Luis Patino, who just got to spring training camp? They go with him over Adrian Morhone to replace someone that gets hurt. Um, we know that Yuki Matsui, he believed, I, I believe he just resumed throwing. Wusuk Go, he just pitched yesterday. So that was, those were the two like question marks in the bullpen right now because of the injury and then what was happening with Wusuk Go. Why was it taking so long for him to pitch in a spring training game? But it seems like he was working on things. Remember, he is coming over from Korea. So it's not like he's, been in the big leagues before, and Darvish has even been in the big leagues a lot, obviously. has an, He's had an amazing career, and he still took some time before getting into Cactus League, act, into Cactus League action. So maybe it's more of a, a preference thing. Um, and Ruben, I'm not, I'm not questioning the Padres on this. Like, why, why did it take so long for Wusak Go to get in? I'm just, I'm just curious. I'm not saying, like, that was the wrong move. I'm just that was interesting because usually relievers get into game action before Wusatko got in, what, yesterday? They've had how many games now? Ten, I think, if you include today's split squad. So two games today. But yeah, I've, I've been encouraged by what I've seen for the most part, pitching-wise. Musgrove, obviously, he's working on things. I'm not freaking out about that. Darvish looked good when he finally got onto a mound in Cactus League action. Michael King, I think he's looked good. Drew Thorpe, I've been encouraged. Uriarte, I've been encouraged. Johnny Brito, he pitched three innings the other day. Encouraged by that. Randy Vasquez, same thing. The the breaking ball today looked really good out of his hand. Um, So, yeah, there's Pedro Avila, obviously. Although, he struggled a little bit, but Mike Schilt, I, I believe... When did Avila last pitch? Yesterday, a couple days ago? Schilt did like, for the most part, what he saw from Avila. So I don't think 
Bobby Law's like out of the running because he had a couple of bad spring training outings. I think he has to pitch good now the rest of the way. Matt Waldron is another name that I should mention. He has been pitching good this spring. So we'll see. We'll see, obviously, what the rest of this rotation is going to look like. You could still say it's a little early in this rotation competition, though, because the rotation is not going to be decided on March 13th when they go to South Korea because it doesn't need to be decided by then. Remember, there's going to be exhibition games, a couple, I believe, before the Padres face the Dodgers in those first two games of the season. And then when they come back to San Diego after Fan Fest, the Scyther Celebration of Life, they're going to have a couple more exhibition games where those last guys battling for a spot, they might make their last case in those exhibition games. There's live BPs that they can do as well. So I, I think it would not be the smartest thing for the Padres to decide the rotation on March 13th when they leave for South Korea. There's 31 guys that can be on that a part of that group, I believe, 31 players, because they're in Korea, they're not. They're not saying, "Oh, only 26." Because what if something happens? You can't just fly a guy an hour to the spot, right? So, I think all of these guys will be, maybe not all. Let's say one or two might not make the trip, but I think a lot of these guys are going to make that trip. Vasquez, obviously, Brito. I would think Avila, uh, maybe Iriarte. I don't think Mazer does. I don't think Sean Reynolds does. I don't think Stephen Kolek, the Rule 5 guy, I don't think he will make it as of now. But pretty much this, this back-of-the-rotation candidates, this entire group, should make it on the flight to Korea. Because would the Padres rather have those guys make it on the flight and be able to work with them in person? or would they rather have the Bryce Johnsons of the world, who's still in camp, I believe, the Bryce Johnsons of the world, who's fighting for an outfield spot, have him be on the flight? I think we know maybe you, maybe you have six outfielders or seven, probably six if you haven't decided yet, but I don't think you bring seven, eight outfielders, right? The outfielders that you're bringing are Tatis, Merrill, we know he's going to be on there. Maybe Marcy, but it's it's Tatis, Merrill, Profar, hopefully an outfield free agent edition or trade edition, Azokar, and Mercado, like one more. If you make, let's say they the Padres make a free agent trade edition, then bring six outfielders, and then the rest be pitching and those that aren't on that 26-man roster, have the other pitching be starting rotation guys that are fighting for that? Because if you need one of them to be in the bullpen, if there's an injury that happens, they can do that. Like That's not the end of the world. And technically, if the Padres say, like, they don't want Michael King to pitch, like they've made that decision, like King's not going to pitch one of those two games in Korea, then they don't have to have him on the roster. They'll bring him, but he doesn't have to be on the roster. So they could add Avila to it if they want and you know stack up on those bullpen arms. I don't think you can have more than 13, 13 pitchers, 13 of the rest position players, bats. Um, I could see Brett Sullivan you know, making it as of now. 
if they want a third catcher, if Manny's good to play third, they have Camposano be the DH. Higashioka catch. They could do that. Uh, but obviously, that's down the road. We'll see. But the main question, I probably should have gotten to this earlier. Uh, so I apologize for that. And I'll get to the chat here in a little bit. If you want to join the show, click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. I appreciate all the support. The main question of this show, will the Padres add any more pitching? Should we expect them to add more pitching? They could go the trade route, but right now I'm focused on the free agent route. And I think the answer is no at this point. I'm not expecting the Padres to add Michael Lorenzen at this point. I, th I saw a report that the Mets were working on a Michael Lorenzen addition. Kodai Senga's not ready for the beginning of their season, so I guess that makes sense for them. Um, yeah, with this starting pitching market, they might be looking at it as Lorenzen could be asking for 10-plus mil. Obviously, they don't want to do that because they would have just brought back like Nick Martinez or Seth Lugo or Michael Walker and given them 16 mil on the club option that they had the ability to exercise, and they didn't do it. There's other guys that are out there. Hinjin Ryu was out there, but he is going back to, I think, is it Korea? On a eight-year deal or something? That was wild. Julio Rios, but he's not pitching in baseball anymore, I wouldn't think. Clevenger, I don't know how interested the Padres are in that. And what would he be asking for? Spot track, the market value there is over $13 million for Clev, and the Padres wouldn't do that. Blake Snell, as much as we'd like him to sign like a 10-year, $150 million deal to lower the AAV as much as possible, and then let's say he pitches six, seven years, and then you can spend the last years of that deal in the broadcast booth with Don and Mudd and you know make a huge salary in the broadcast booth, and he could be uh, a coach in spring training or something. As much as we'd like that to happen, I don't see that happening. I think Snell is going to sign a short-term deal with opt-outs. I don't know if he's going to opt-out after this coming season, though, because look at some of the starting pitchers that are out there for next offseason. Like, Corbin Burns is out there for now, and more teams are going to want Corbin Burns than Blake Snell, so I don't know if he's going to get a ton of money next offseason. Even if, even if he pitches well in 2024, um, long-term deal is what I mean by that in terms of a lot of money if he pitches well again in 2024. I just think that teams aren't like super in love with Blake Snow and they don't want to take that long-term risk and have him never pitch to the caliber that he was this past year with the Padres and him pitch like he did in the second half or excuse me, in like the first half of seasons when he was with the Padres before 2023. I think teams are afraid of that. And that he doesn't go six innings all the time. He did it this year, but I think some teams view that as an outlier of what was happening. Or excuse me, last year. We're in 2024 now, Ben. Duh. What was happening last year? I, I think that teams, they, they don't want to commit that to Blake. Or they'll use the excuse of, yeah, TV deal. We don't know our future. We got it ripped away from us, so we don't have the money. It's March 1st. We would have signed you if we were actually interested already. We would have given you a better deal. Our roster is set. We already want to focus on the guys that are in camp right now. This isn't Garrett Cole that we're talking about here. Sure, he just won the Cy Young, 
but it's not Garrett Cole in terms of consistency and pitching, you know, start and start out. I think with Garrett Cole, like you can count on six, seven innings and he could be dominant most of the time. Teams probably don't think of Blake Snell like that. And then Jordan Montgomery. So in terms of Snell with the Padres, I still view that as unrealistic. If it's going to be a short-term deal with Snell, that's even more unrealistic because Snell's going to want 30-plus mil on that one-year deal with some opt-outs, right? If, let's say it's a one-year guarantee and then some opt-out decisions after that, like a three- or four-year deal, kind of like Bellinger signed with the Cubs. For the Padres, that wouldn't make sense because they have a budget. They don't have 30-plus million dollars to give to one guy. So unless Blake's going to do deferrals, which I don't see happening, Blake's not coming back to the Padres. And then Jordan Montgomery, I, I don't understand why he's not already signed with the Red Sox. He is out of the Padres' price range, I believe, as well. I think he's looking for something a little bit more long-term than maybe Snell is okay with. Um, but those two guys, those are out of Those just don't make sense. Now, there's other guys out there like Johnny Cueto, Cor uh, Corey Kluber retired, I believe. Zach Grinke's still out there, but he's 40. Jake Odorizzi, Eric Lauer, Zach Davies, Vince Velasquez. Julio Tehran just signed a minor league deal with, with the Orioles. Jose Urania, I believe, is still out there. Chase Anderson, I thought I saw his name in the news, so he, may, he might be off the board. So there's some, Dallas Keuchel, I think, is still out there. There's some names that are still out there that we know, but why would the Padres bring those guys in when I think they like the young guys that they have? They like Vasquez. They like Brito. I think they like what they've seen from most of the starters. Matt Walden's pitching well. Iriarte, they've got to like what they've seen there. They've got to like what they've seen out of Drew Thorpe. Pedro Avila, they're going to keep giving him some opportunities here. It's, it's, it is March 1st. He doesn't need to be ready. They don't need to decide on that until April, for being honest. I know the opening day roster needs to be in before that, but they don't need to make a decision on who the fourth and fifth starter is going to be until April because there's going to be the Korea Series, 20, the 20th and the 21st. Then there's time off. Then the top of the rotation is going to pitch again, starting on the 28th, the home opener against the Giants. And so the, you're not going to get to the back of the rotation until April. So there's still some time. Um, who am I forgetting? I, I said Ariarte. I think he's right on the outside there just because of how electric his stuff has looked. He's looked good. Um, Ariarte, Thorpe, I don't think so, but he's still impressive. Avila, Waldron, Vasquez, Brito. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Totally feel like I'm forgetting someone, but. There's six right there, four or five that we think are actually battling for those four and five spots. There's still time. Um, and there's those young arms. Getting back to my point about these free agents, I don't expect the Padres to add that way. I think they're going to add with an outfielder, whether that's Tommy Pham or Eddie Rosario or Adam Duvall, someone. Maybe they add a first base bat. Maybe they add Brandon Belt. Or Joey Vada. Um, although, I, I don't know how... Padre, there's some Padres fans, obviously, that don't want Joey Votto. 
they think of it as another Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter type thing, but you wouldn't be paying him really anything, right? One year. And I think Votto would want to be on a contending team. That would be interesting. Uh, but anyway, I think that the Padres, with the money that they have to spend, I think they're content with the pitching options that they have right now. And with the way the market is going, you could probably get Tommy Pham for less than what you thought you were going to be able to get him for at the beginning of the offseason. Same goes for Eddie Rosario. Probably the same goes for Adam Duvall. And the outfield situation right now doesn't look that great. Sure, Tim LaCastro had a good game today. But do you want him actually on the rock? Maybe you, maybe they do. Maybe they want him as the fifth outfielder's speed. But Azokar has speed, too. And he can play defense. So LaCastro's a righty. So are you going to have your fourth and fifth outfielders being like almost the same guy? Speed and good defensively? Because right now, the outfield is Tatis, Merrill, Profar, Mercado, and Azokar. I don't think, because I think Merrill would be starting. He's on the roster. If he's going to be on the roster, he's starting. So that's what you got right now. I was saying the other day in my Tommy Pham video, I'd much rather see an outfield of Pham, Merrill, Tatis than Profar, Merrill, Tatis. I think Profar is good as a bench guy. He can play infield, can play outfield, spark off the bench, energy, like, that's fine. And if something happens, then he can go in and play. But as the starting left fielder, do you want that? When you do have the question mark, like, I'm a fan of Merrill's, but it is a question mark. What is he going to do at the big league level when he does make this roster and is starting on opening day? Because that, that's just how things... There's too many signs that are pointing towards Merrill making it for him to not make it, right? So right now, rotation-wise, Darvish, Mus or Musgrove, then Darvish, then King, then Vasquez, and then Burrito. Is that the 4-5 right now? Maybe you would go with Burrito as the 4 and then you'd go with Waldron as the five, just based off of how he's doing in spring. But, I don't know, as a starter, I'd probably rather have someone with better velocity than Waldron in there. But, I mean, if maybe the Padres, what, what they'll look at is, okay, who's doing the best right now? And they just go with the hot arm, the hot hand, and then if that guy ends up not doing well, then they can go to whoever they have in AAA and they believe in that guy. Or they can call up Iriarte in AA if they don't want him making the roster. I think it's a little too early there, but from what I've seen, I, I like what I've seen so far. So I to answer that question, I don't I'm not expecting the Padres to add. Maybe they add someone on a minor league deal invite to spring training type thing, but major league free agent edition as of now, I'm not expecting Michael Lorenzen to be walking into that clubhouse. I'm just not, I'm expecting an outfield edition. And let me know what you think Padres fans. Are you expecting an outfield edition? Are you expecting a starting rotation edition? 
Do you think that they're good with what they got in the outfield? They're good with what they got in the rotation? I hope not with the outfield. I'd like to add someone else. Oscar Mercado, sure, he's played in the big leagues before. Same thing with Tim LaCastro, Azokar. But I like having Azokar on the roster as you know the fifth outfielder. I'd like to add at least one more. So you have Profar and Azokar on the bench, and then you can have someone like a Tommy Pham. I know he's not a lefty, but someone, whether it's Rosario or Pham, Duvall, someone that's going to give you a little bit better offense than what you got right now in that lineup on opening day. Because your outfield right now on opening day is Tatis. Okay, great. Merrill, bottom third. I don't think he's going to have a ton of pressure on him. But then you have Profar and left. Like that's where the, the question mark comes. And I love having Jerkson on the team. I'm I'm happy that he's here with the Padres. I like that I like his optimism, positivity, the vibes, vibes above replacement. That's great. But I mean, we saw what he did for most of last year. I know I know he played pretty good when he was with the Padres, but what did he do most of last year? And is 2022 the season that he produced? Is that who Profar still is when that happened a couple years ago? Who knows? Like, we don't know. I'd prefer him to be a starter if something happens, not him be a starter on opening day in Korea. So those are my thoughts there. Um, by the way, why Manny did not play, maybe you're looking at the box scores today in this split squad, and you're like, two games and Manny didn't get in a lineup? What the heck? Well, Mike Schilt responded to a question. I think it was from Sammy Levitt earlier this morning. And Schilt essentially was saying like, yeah, we think that the better use of Manny's time right now where he's at is to get swings in the cage, get swings on the backfield, then to get two, three at-bats, however many at-bats he would get in a spring training game. So right now it just seems like they, he wants to get swings in. He wants those reps in. Not sitting in the dugout because maybe they DH him and he's sitting in the dugout and you get a couple at, at bats in against guys that may not even be in the big leagues come April 1st. Who is the starter for the Angels today again? I think he's going to be on their roster, but it was not Garrett Cole that was pitching. It was no Garrett Cole caliber arm that was pitching. Uh, Detmers, Reed Detmers. Yeah, I mean, getting in at bat off of him would you rather do that or just take a bunch of hacks in the cage? That's probably what they were weighing that, you know, either doing that or getting a, a bunch of swings in the cage or doing whatever work Manny needed to do. And Manny, he's earned that right to say, you know what, it's March 1st. I'll get in a game tomorrow or I'll get in a game the next day, Sunday, and I'll just take rep. I'll just get my reps elsewhere. So I don't have a big deal with that. Now, if it ends up, you know, turning into something and this was just to hide something, then yeah, that's not going to be great. But as of now, I'm not, you know, panicking on, oh, why was Manny not in the lineup? Because I believe Schilt did say that he was going to be in the lineup and then he didn't end up being in the lineup. But Schilt, at least that's his explanation. So I'm going to go with that until something bad happens. I I'm not saying it will, but I'm just going to believe in that until we're proven otherwise. 
All right, quick break, and then I'm going to get to the chat. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, let's get to the chat here. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Mark says, with the limited budget the Padres have, they can't fix everything. Do they focus on pitching the outfield or get a DH? Or do they run with the prospects since they are controllable for years to come? Yeah, with the limited budget, like I said, I, I think they're going to focus on outfield, getting a, uh, an outfielder. Because that outfielder, let's say it's a Tommy Pham or an Eddie Rosario or an Adam Duvall, that outfielder can DH. Maybe they're good with the outfield and they go get Brennan Belt. He can DH. He can play first as well. They go that route, but I personally go the outfield route. But how much money do they have to spend? Is it 15? Is it 20? If it's 20, then they could do both. Because the way this free agent market is going, it doesn't seem like these players that are still out there have that much leverage. And I'm talking about outfielders that probably are signing one-year deals or it's a one-year with an option. And so the Padres, I know Preller, remember he had that quote earlier in the offseason about waiting till January, maybe they could get some good buys. Well, it's it's March now, but that thinking could end up paying off with the outfield market here. Um, now, they're going to roll with some prospects. Obviously, Merrill sure seems like he's on the roster. I don't think that's really a question anymore. Unless, like, he hurt something or he really crops the bed, but seems like he's on the roster. I mean, his locker's in between Xander and Crony. We got all the media buzz around him, the beat writers, and you got Schilt raving about him. Tati saying on a national broadcast that, yeah, he should be on the opening day roster. So I'd be shocked if he's not on it, if he's healthy. I was thinking about you, Irie. Yeah, when I saw C.J. Crone ended up signing elsewhere on a minor league contract, I was like, yeah, you're probably not going to be too happy. And Irie says, I'm so upset about losing out on C.J. Crone, especially on a minor league contract. I really hope something gets done. But if we're missing out on guys like that, at that price tag, makes me wonder. To me, that is C.J. Crone probably saying, hey, I've got a better opportunity with the Red Sox than I do with the Padres. I think that's where he signed, right? C.J. Crone. Do-do-do-do-do. C.J. Crone. Yeah, Red Sox. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a Padres thing. We don't know. Did, did the Padres offer a minor league deal to David Peralta when he signed with the Cubs? Did they offer a minor league deal to Garrett Cooper when he went to the Cubs? Did they offer a minor league deal here with C.J. Crone? I mean, I hope so, because giving minor league deals to C.J. Crone and David Peralta doesn't hurt. It's literally a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. It can't hurt. The Tim LaCastro thing that happened the other day, it can't hurt. Why not? Um, so, yeah, I wonder if they did give that out. It's not the end of the world, though. C.J. Crone, he's not coming off the best year. It's not like he's coming off his 2021. I think 2021 was his best year. 
It's not like he's coming off of that. Let me look up. I'm trying to remember what year that was. Yeah. Oh, 2022. He was an all-star, drove in over 100 runs, 29 bombs, played in 150 games, had a 783 OPS. The year before that, he had a 905 OPS with 28 home runs, almost 100 runs driven in that year as well, hit over 280. It's not like he's coming off of that year. Last year, he only had 12 home runs, negative war, 87 OPS plus, 13% below league average, 729 OPS. So, I mean, when you come off that year, yeah, it's, that's what happens. You get a minor league deal. Teams don't want to give these major league deals to guys that are vets, that are coming off of not the most amazing season. If they don't have to give you a, ma a major league contract and they know they have the leverage right now, they're going to give you a minor league contract. That's that's what the market is looking like right now. Irie says, I understand having the young guys step up in the outfield, but DH and a lefty arm are needed badly. Yeah, I mean, DH, you'd like to have another bat for sure, but... With the DH, you can give days off, half days off to guys. With Manny, who knows if he's going to be... At, he looks healthy, but who knows if he's going to be there every day at third base to start the season, so they can leave that spot open there. If they want Brett Sullivan on the roster for his versatility, you could have Campy DH and have Kyle Agashioka catch or Brett Sullivan catch and have that power bat with Campy. Uh, at least he's the better power bat of those three, obviously. Um, and then a lefty arm. Yeah, you'd like to add that, but how many guys are out there that are lefty arms that the Padres think are upgrades over the current group of guys that are fighting for the back end spots? Like, I feel like if the Padres feel like they don't have to spend money somewhere, then they're not going to do it right now. I hope they feel like they have to spend in the outfield with at least one bat there. But they're going to they, – maybe Tommy Pham is still just thinking that one team is going to get someone hurt. Not get someone hurt. One team is going to get have an outfielder get hurt, and then they're going to come running for Tommy Pham. I don't know what he's asking for. Is it 10-plus mil? Because he made six or seven last year, maybe six-plus the signing bonus. And with this market, you think it's going to be around the same price. I know he was good with Arizona last year in the postseason and all that, but this is just what the market is. I think the Padres should pounce on it. And Eddie Rosario, I mean, what, what is he going to get? So, yeah, I would be disappointed if they don't add. If they don't add another starter, we're probably going to look at it like, man, they probably could use another arm, another lefty. But at the same time, I, I do like what I'm seeing out of these younger guys, these younger arms in spring. Where with the outfield situation, it's like, man. To me, it just looks, it's more desperate to get another, to get a veteran outfielder out, out there than the rotation, in my opinion. But that could quickly change with injuries. Mark says, I believe what, Eric Grubner, CEO, said months ago is coming true. The front office is happy with the players this franchise has. It's very possible the Padres run with prospects. 
Oh, they're going to run with prospects somewhere. Merrill, they're running with him. Sure seems like that. They might run where else? Not in the bullpen, but they might run with a prospect. Well, I guess if you want to count Burrito and Vasquez, because they were, well, no, one of them. One of them was a prospect. Was it Burrito or Vasquez? I believe one of them was a prospect in the Yankee system at the time of the Soto deal. So technically, you'd be running with a prospect there, although I don't really see those guys as prospects. But, I th- yeah, you're definitely seeing the youth movement. At the beginning of the year, though, I don't really know how many prospects are going to be on the roster, though. Merrill gets a lot of the spotlight, obviously. Um, a lot of the attention, but... I don't really know how many actual prospects they're going to have on the roster. Because you look at catching, there's no prospects there. I'm talking about like top 10 prospects. Because Brett Sullivan, I don't view as a prospect. I view as him as a, a AAA guy that can come up when you need him to. Uh, Higgy's not one, obviously. Campy's not one anymore. And then you look at the infield, obviously, veterans all around. And then you look at the outfield. Zokar's not a prospect to me. Tatis, obviously, no. Profar, no. Mercado, no. LeCastro, no. Merrill, yes. Bullpen, I mean, there was, it's either guys that have been at the big league level, like Wani Peralta came in, right? Big league level. Or I guess you could count Matsui and Wusak Go, not as prospects, but they're rookies. But they're not prospects coming up in the system either. So, Really, when you look at it, we know Suarez, Eno De Los Santos, Wilson, Cosgrove. Like, those are some bullpen arms. It's actually not going to be that many prospects that they're going to be running with, I don't think, to start the year. You'll see some. Iriarte, Mazer, Berger, Kevin Copps maybe at some point this year. But uh, maybe Marcy at some point this year. But as of now... Merrill is really the only one that stands out there. Pauly is another one that might come up at some point. Marcy. Mark says, I hope Merrill, Marcy, Pauly, and others make the squad, but that's me. I don't know if Pauly's ready. I don't think that they're going to feel like they need to have Marcy on the roster. Where with Merrill, it sure seems like, I mean, today they were having Marcy go play left and have Merrill play center. And Marcy's a center fielder. So I think they're really preparing for Merrill to be starting in center field and Marcy probably be in El Paso or San Antonio. I think they're fine with that. And then, you know, just have some other guys be in the outfield. Merrill seems like he's going to be in the big leagues. I don't, I'm not getting that same vibe with, with Jacob Marcy. Definitely not with, with Pauly. He is working at first base. Hopefully fans have recognized that. And he doesn't have much experience at first base, but he is working there. Um, Maybe that's, I mean, you you probably have to be squinting if you get what I'm saying here. You have to be squinting to see Pauly get on the roster as a, a first base option, as a bench bat. But, I mean, if they don't make any more additions and the Padres don't want Rosario and Batten, they want one of them, 
because both guys can play some multiple infield spots. Maybe they only go with one. Maybe they have Sullivan, Pauly, and then you have Mercado and Azokar, let's say, as of now. those That's five there on the bench. Maybe, but I don't see Pauly making it. Yeah, some are bringing up Trevor Bauer. That's a no. If he hasn't been signed already, I don't think a team's going to sign him during spring training. Teams probably would have wanted to get that out there already in the offseason, just get that done. I don't think any team's going to sign him to a major league deal. Definitely not. If there's major leaguers that are not getting major league deals and Julio Tehran has to sign a, a minor league deal, I'm not saying he's Garrett Cole or anything, but there's some guys that are getting one-year deals that are even just major league one-year deals, then I don't see Trevor Bauer getting a major league deal. Go says, we can survive giving one starting position to a young arm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think a couple. I think we could see a rotation with Brito and Vasquez as the four and the five. Yuki says, hey, Ben, some say Fam was a clubhouse distraction the first time he was with the Padres. You feel that is true? I, I, don't, I don't feel that is true. AJ Preller jokes around about, or he has in the past, I think, of Tommy kind of being like his assistant GM at times. I think he was a good influence on some guys in that clubhouse. I think people in the Padres organization, from what I've heard, listening to people like Darren Smith on the radio, what, I've, what I'm getting from some, some of that is that people in the Padres organization view Tommy Pham as someone that you want in that clubhouse with Jackson Merrill with Jacob Marcy, with Graham Pauly, if they make it. You want the young guys to be to, to see Tommy Pham and be like, yep, that's the example to follow. That's the guy. That is how you should be preparing. Once you step in those clubhouse doors every day at Petco, that's what you should be doing. That's how much you should care. That's the work you should be putting in. Now, off-the-field stuff is off-the-field stuff. I'm not going to get too much into that like whatever i care about what influence is he giving to young guys the production on the field that's really what i care about the most i don't think tommy fan was a clubhouse distraction there was that one dust up with ha sung kim right where didn't he fam was getting mad at bobby dickerson in the dugout at wrigley because he was dickerson i think was was he positioning fam or he was in charge of the infield and he was like take control of your your guy your infielder um, that's what it seemed like there um but I don't, I don't think that was a clubhouse distraction i think that was like a one-day thing where tommy got heated because no one wants to get hit by their teammate when they're running in for a, a fly ball and there's that and and tommy he didn't play that great with the Padres, but that's not a that doesn't mean that he's gonna again not play great with the Padres if he comes to the Padres. So I could see him 
having like a, a revenge season with the Padres. I don't know what his rela- his relationship was with Peter Seidler, but maybe he, he had one and he's like, I want to come back to the Padres. Another team's not giving me the money I want, so I want to go to a, a team that I think I can play a lot on, and that would be the Padres. Get a starting spot. Organization that I'm familiar with. He has played under Mike Schilt. There's a good relationship there. A team that is focused on the fundamentals and doing the little things right, at least in spring training here. Kevin Acey had a good piece out today about that that I encourage you to go read. Maybe Tommy's like, yeah, I want this. It feels like he would be the guy that would love to be part of the team that took down the big, big Dodgers, right? The, the, the big favorite Dodgers. No one's talking about the Padres, the underdog. feels like Tommy would want to be a part of that. So we'll see. I think Tommy would be signed if the Padres, because the Padres want him. It's just, it seems like Tommy might be asking for too much money out of their comfort zone. Or maybe Pham's not asking for too much money, but for the Padres and their budget, they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Now, if he's asking for eight mil and you're offering seven, you can't give eight mil to Tommy, you have the room. Like, I'd be irritated if that's what has happened. But maybe, I feel like Tommy's still asking for 10 plus mil. Or else you'd think a deal would be done with with some team. But I saw something on social media. It may not be totally accurate. It wasn't from like Ken Rosenthal or anything or Jeff Passan or even AC or Lynn, I don't think. But I saw someone say that he hasn't gotten an offer yet, which I think that's that's nuts. Tommy Pham hasn't gotten an offer from a team. That's insane. Like the Padres should at least have an offer for Tommy. Charlie says Preller not in the position to give out free money like last year. Preller can't take anything on the chin this year. Are you are you referencing because this comment was a little bit earlier? Are you referencing Charlie like these minor league deals? Because I don't think he's just giving out free money if you're signing Tommy Pham. I don't think you're giving out free money if you're signing Brennan Belt. I mean, you'd like to have a You'd like to have another lefty bat there that can play first, that can DH. I don't think you're just handing out free money there. Um, let's see here. JD's third asked, what's Merrill and Marcy's stats this spring? I could pull those up. Marcy has a 933 OPS with a 308 average. So he's doing pretty good. <laughs> 471 on base, but it's only six games, 13 at-bats. And again, I, I'm real hesitant to judge the results of spring training because we're not watching all the games because all the games aren't available for us to watch. So what are the at-bats looking like? What is the behind-the-scenes work looking like? I trust the Padres on this. If they think that and maybe I should maybe I shouldn't trust the Padres, but with this, it's almost like I, I have to. <laughs> I trust them because 
Like I'm not watching everything that Jackson Merrill does or everything that Jacob Marcy does or Grand Pauly or these starters because, again, some of the games are not broadcasted. I'm not seeing all the backfield at-bats or the fundamental drills. So I'm going to trust the Padres that, yeah, you know, the guys that are there in Peoria, they know more than I do. They more they know more than we do about how these guys are doing and where they're at development wise. Now I'm sure JD's third are going to be in the chat here and talk about AJ Tingler Preller and uh, his track record for not developing prospects and rushing prospects. And that's you, you have a case for that for sure. You have an argument. You probably won that argument, but that doesn't mean that Merrill won't work out in the big leagues if Merrill is at the big league level. For opening day, you know. But to get to those stats, I, I, I don't weigh too heavily into this, especially when you've played less than 10 games. Merrill in nine games, or excuse me, that's Marcy. Nine games, or not that was last year. Six games, 13 at bats, he's hitting 308, 933 OPS. And then Merrill, 15 at bats, he has three hits, so he's hitting 200. 600 OPS, one run scored. If you go to the game logs for spring training, how many strikeouts? Two strikeouts in all of these at-bats. Three walks. No home runs yet. But again, it's, it's a small sample size. Who's pitching on the mound? You're probably seeing a different guy at this point in time, like every out every time you're out there maybe not now because guys are going like three innings now but you get my point i think we can judge it a little bit more later but like i said the other day there's guys that have had bad spring trainings and they end up performing well at the big league level i don't think we should be weighing the spring training stats the average in spring training too much All right, I'll continue to go through the chat here for a little bit, but first, just a reminder about some of the great partners of the show, FOCO. They've got great bobbleheads, collectibles. Click that link in the description there. Padres, also uh, other Major League Baseball teams, other sports as well. Um, Breaking T, talk about, uh, talking about other sports and the Padres and Major League Baseball. They've got some great shirts and sweatshirts over there. Padres, Aztecs, and Wave, U.S. Women's National Team who play their Gold Cup. Uh, they're in the knockout stage now. That's going to be on Sunday, a little bit after 5 o'clock against Columbia. So because they didn't win their group, they're going to have a little bit of an uphill climb there. Um, but if they beat Columbia, then they'll be playing at Snapdragon Stadium on the 6th and then hopefully on the 10th in the final. But we're a long way away from that. Underdog Fantasy 100% deposit match up to $100. When you click that link in the description, First deposit, um, SeatGeek, code TalkingFriars, $20 off your first order there. Maybe you want to save that for the Padres season when a team that you like comes to town or an opponent, a good opponent, or maybe opening weekend against the Giants. All right, continuing with the chat here. Travis says, Trevor Bauer will have a revenge season. He has it out for the Dodgers. Well, in order to have a revenge season, he has to be pitching in the big leagues, and I don't think he's going to be doing that. So, there you go. Um, is there anything else 
that I should discuss here, spring training-wise, just spring training updates here over the last few days. Jeff Sanders just released a notes article, so I'm just going through that here real quick. This Okay, here's the Schilt quote earlier today, by the way, why Manny did not play today. Just an extra day. It's part of his progression. Today was a little bit of a coin flip day, and it's just a day where he and we felt like it's just a matter of getting more work in. You can talk about the games. That's great. They're important. Don't get me wrong. But him being able to get his at-bats and recover and get his swings in the game and be able to do that with more volume right now has more importance than the two or three at-bats he'll get in a game. So there's that. And I kind of explained that earlier today. Manny has not played third base in a game, by the way. He's making all the throws, but has not played third yet. Padres have not said when he will play that first game at third. So he he could very well be DHing in Korea. Because remember, there is that maybe they want him ready for the 28th against the Giants back at home. And they're like, no, just DH. It's fine. We can have Eggy Rosario play third. I, th I think they would have Bogarts just be at second, Crony at first, Kim at short. Um, but shoot. Well, no, Merrill would be in the outfield. But he could if they need him to. He could go play short as well if they're going to shift Kim to third. But they'd probably just put Eggy at third or Batten at third and play those two games. That's two of 162. And you hope that the offense and the pitching is good enough to make up for anything that might happen over there at third base. Um, let's see. Joe Musgrove will pitch in a backfield game on Saturday. Michael King will start against the Giants in Scottsdale tomorrow. Darvish uh, could start on a backfield on Sunday. Sunday is that scheduled day. Yuki Matsui uh, played light catch, did some jogging and running drills Friday morning in Peoria. Schilt did not have an update on his status while speaking with the Porters after the game. Uh, he was where the Potters are playing the Brewers. Uh, Niebla was, seems like, kind of managing with the, with, with the A group in Peoria today. And then Jay Groom, who is out of options, has been slowed. Kind of forgot about him, to be honest. Since his right quad cramped up early in camp, he threw a bullpen on Thursday, but has not yet appeared in a Cactus League game. Out of options, so he's probably just going to not be in the Padres organization after spring. Or they could just sign him to a minor league deal, right? Uh, Matthew, thank you so much for this super chat. Says, what's up, Ben? Are we getting an ace? Uh, no. I don't think they're trading for Dylan Cease or trading for Shane Bieber. Corbin Burns already got dealt, obviously. So, no. They're not signing Snell. They're not Snell. They're not, Snell. They're not signing uh, Montgomery. No. Someone that they would get, I think they would get like a Michael Lorenzen, a Zach Grinke, uh, Jose Urania, I saw he was a free agent. Someone on that level, but not 
Not like Shane Bieber, no. Charlie asks, any chance you can get credentials for the 24 Padres season? Chat, if you haven't made sure to subscribe, let's push Talking Friars to 10K this season. I appreciate the comment, Charlie. Um, I'm not someone that, like, says, subscribe, 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 you know, and mentions it, like, five times on a live stream. If you like what I'm doing, you'll subscribe. I don't need to tell you to do it. I appreciate anyone that does, though. Um, if you turn on the notifications, you don't miss when I do go live. You don't miss when a video comes out. So I appreciate everyone that does that. And I definitely appreciate the support. Um, any chance about credentials though? Yeah, no. I mean, I've already tried and the Padres, because I'm not, this is what they say, because I'm not a part of a major news organization. I'm not like 97, three, the fan. I'm not. Standing of Sports 760. I'm not NBC 7 or ABC 10 or CBS 8 or anything like that. They don't issue credentials. Um, as I've said in the past, Don and Mud have said that they would come on the show, but the Padres don't let them. And they say that they've had a long standing media policy that they don't. Um, what, what did they say? It was such a long time ago that they sent that email. Um, that I had requested it, and they pretty much denied it. Jesse Agler has been on the show before, so it's not really that long-standing of a policy. Um, I went through the Padres for that, and Agler came on. So, I don't know. I've had Padres minor leaguers on, and that's allowed. That's great. I wish, but I can't really do anything about it. So, But Donna Mudd have been great. Like They were willing. I talked in person to them. Uh, but the Padres don't allow that. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 569. Do I expect any more pitching to be added? Maybe like minor addition, but I don't really expect it. I think that they like the group that they have, and they're okay with running with the, the young group of guys, the back-end guys that are battling for four and five. I think they're fine with that, and they're fine with the bullpen. I think the... Addition, any addition that happens would come outfield or first base DH back or both. But I'm hoping it's left field. Like, let's get us a left fielder, please. Profar, you're a good bench guy, utility guy, can fill in, vibes guy, but I'd like to get a left fielder. Pitching-wise, rotation, sure, you'd like to have another one, but we know that they have a budget. And if they don't feel like they need to add an arm, then they're not going to. At least that's what it seems like right now. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in.